Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> A senseless waste of human life. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Football is back, finally, again. It seems like the season's been more on-off than Rudy Giuliani's hair dye. But we are back <laughs> this Saturday, and what a game we have at home against Pep Guardiola's Man City. Joining me to look ahead to this game and to discuss all things Spurs is the voice of Tottenham himself, General Franco. How you doing, mate? I'm good. Last minute substitution, isn't it? Um, Again. <laughs> one, one blonde for another, although the one that's shipped out was probably more to our fans liking than me. Yeah, I'd say definitely, yeah. But, but thank, you for, for, thank you for coming in at last minute. Joy joining Franco and myself. Uh, he's excited the footy's back all the way from Vienna is the Harlow Globetrotter. How you doing, HG? I'm good. You realise that all of our fans are going to think that Cole has got blonde hair now. And that's, that's who Franco is substituting. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's good to be on a pod. It's good to have some football that I care about. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's nice to be able to watch this from home and not have to worry about working somewhere else. So yes. I think you could call, call her platinum blonde, isn't it? <laughs> the silver fox right so before we crack into our opponents on saturday um let's get your man city stories franco you first what game or moment comes to mind when you think man city spurs well i can't really go beyond one that's very recent which is the champions league isn't it um it was just great to to beat them and get through in a game where we didn't really feel like we would. Uh, I know that we've, we, we, you know, the, the home game. We all think that that Pep kind of dropped the ball a little bit on that one, but you know, the second leg and the excitement and and the drama, even though it was down to VAR mostly, the the most dramatic part of it, it was still great and it was still an amazing moment as part of that journey to the final. Mm. HG, what about you? I mean, we've had a few games against Man City over the years that have been pretty memorable. I mean, it's not just the one that Franco mentioned, but there's obviously the the, the awful FA Cup game from the mid 2000s when we were three mm. up at halftime. <laughs> um, there's I mean, weirdly enough, like for me, I remember a game in the mid 90s, and uh, the only time this ever happened to me, the game was called off 
<laughs> because of a waterlogged pitch. Like I'd got to the stadium on Saturday afternoon and uh, the game didn't happen. So I had to hang was around. This... Like I, was, I think I sat in the McDonald's in Bruce Grove for three hours waiting for my dad to come back and can get me because he had no idea. This is before, you know, cell phones and everything. But uh, yeah, look, Man City, they tend to wallop us <laughs> um, at their ground. But at home, we've got a decent record against them. And mm. yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a game that we look forward to. I think for me, my, my memory would be um, that the victory uh, in Pep's first season. Uh, it was when, I think it was 2016, 17 season, that that season for us. Uh, and we, we bossed them. Moving on to City, they currently lie 10th in the league, bizarrely, uh, with 12 points from their opening seven games. Uh, three drawn, three lost and one defeat. Draws coming against Liverpool, Leeds and West Ham. Wins over the Gooners, Sheffield United and Wolves. Their only defeat a five-two. Oh, you changed it. A five-two fluke result against Leicester. I That's put a right, five-two. I changed it. That's right. I changed it. <laughs> it wasn't a Brendan Rodgers masterclass, then, no. No. We, to be honest, I never even saw the highlights. But no, there's no such thing as a Brendan Rodgers masterclass. It was clearly a bit of a fluke. You can look at Leicester's stats this season. They get more penalties than anything else. Didn't Vardy get two penalties in that game? I think he might have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm sorry. No. Brendan Rodgers masterclass equals, you know, joining teams that already have decent players. That's about all you can say about him. Uh, Pep has City lined up 4-2-3-1. Big news for City is that it looks like Sterling and Aguero should be fit to play. I mean, Franco, Aguero is probably their, their most dangerous striker. Well, yeah, definitely is their most, most dangerous striker. But is he the same player he was before? It's difficult because he, he does seem to... Injuries do seem to have plagued him a little bit throughout his career. Um, and he's probably not as dangerous as he was at his peak. I think that's the difference between him and Kane is that Kane is definitely approaching his peak, adding more to his game, uh, whilst Aguero is, is probably in the last season or well, two or three seasons, I would say, that he's got. He's always a danger and he's he always causes us problems as well. But Jesus has been equally as dangerous this year. I mean, I think that he's got two goals as well, hasn't he? I'm not even sure that... Um, that Aguero scored this season, has he yet? I'm not sure. Has he even? Yeah, he's, he's played two games and he's not even scored. So um, if he starts, I'll be surprised, to be honest. Mm. I've got a feeling that, that Jesus will start. I'd imagine that Sterling will come in, though. He's had plenty of football and he's just managed to have basically the international break as, as a rest, pretty much, hasn't he? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it looks like Aguero should be lacking match sharpness, at least. So Jesus will probably get the nod up front. HG, the, the key signings for them over the summer were Ruben Diaz and uh, Ferran Torres. Um, Diaz looks like a rock at the back, but do you know much about Torres? He's He started their last game against Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's only young. I think he's just 20. He's one of those weird people that could say he's only five because he was born on a leap year day. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's pretty young. Um, what, I, what I did see actually was midweek when he played against uh, Germany for Spain and got a hat-trick. So he's obviously in in a good run of form. I, I don't think any of us know too much about him. He seems more of a traditional right winger than um, someone like Bernardo Silva or Riyad Mahrez that would like to cut in on that right-hand side and use their left foot. So it's going to be a, a slightly different um, thing that we're used to seeing with Man City because they do like to have those those inverted wingers allowing the fullbacks to kind of bomb down the outside. But um, yeah, like I, I don't know too much about him. Um, but that that, that doesn't mean he's not very good. Um, he, he's just he's going to get used to English football, and he's probably just going to get better as as time goes on. So let, let's hope he's a bit knackered after playing for Spain. 
<laughs> fingers crossed. I, I did. I missed that he got the hat trick against Germany. That's, mm. that's a, and maybe that's what the because I was surprised that City didn't sign a striker, bearing in mind Aguero's age. Uh, and obviously injuries, as, as you said, Franco taking its toll. Do you think maybe that they've got him in mind as a, as a possible striker in the future or, or they'll splash the cash in the next window or, or when the season finishes? I'd imagine they'll be looking for somebody to uh, to come in, won't they, eventually? Uh, it's Man City. They've got loads of money. So I can't imagine they'll be they'll be sort of shifting a player into a position he doesn't normally play in. But they've got options up front, haven't they? Maris. Did you see the goal Maris scored in the international oh, break as well? That first touch. <laughs> I'd love to say I scored one like that, but that would be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but is um yeah, so I mean, Maris doesn't really get probably as many opportunities as he should. Uh, I think he started five games this season, only one goal and assist. And Man City just haven't been as threatening this season. I would say you know other seasons they they would have smashed a few teams, but they've they've not really done that. And um, as we pointed out, they've they've been smashed themselves by by um Leicester. Um, and they've they've done better in the Champions League, and you know they've they've had three resounding victories there. But they've not looked quite as as dominant in the league this season. Um, and I know mm-hmm. they they drew against Liverpool in the last game, and they probably should have won that if it weren't for uh, De Bruyne uncharacteristically missing the spot by about a foot and a half. Um, so I, you know I watched that game; it was very cagey, and I don't know whether we should expect to see the same thing because. I always think Man City were at their best when they were really open and going for it and expansive. And I just think this year they've they've not quite been themselves. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about. I mean, obviously they haven't sorted out the the problem position they have of left back because, I mean, they've got Cancelo playing out there now, who's obviously right footed, and I think he's done okay out there. But it, it's still, considering the money they've got, they, they probably could have done better. And they have. I mean, they have gone half the season without a striker because you know both Aguero and, and Jesus were were unfit. So it, it, it's tough to look at their record and think that that's who they are um, that's, I mean, that's who they were you can't argue with it but I, I, don't, I think that once the players are back and they've got an 11 that we know can hurt anyone and it, it is a question of it. Jesus I think kind of flits in and out of games but if you give him half a chance he'll find a goal and, and yeah I think it's always a question of really who plays as, as the wingers um, because you think that you know De Bruyne is going to be in midfield um, they might bring Foden in instead of mm. Gundogan just because he's obviously more mobile so they've got players, but I just I wonder like you know if Mares plays, then probably Ferran Torres doesn't. And so as much as it's as much as you can sit here and wonder like I don't want this player playing or I do want that player, there's still only eleven of them, and and we're a decent side who, as Franco says, you know, we don't get involved in these open games that, that suit Man City. So um, they, I think we're going to be a tough nut for them to crack rather than the other way around. Mm. Well, Franco, you mentioned about City's season. It's, it's been stopped. There was a bit of a delay to their season, I think, as they were in the Champions League over the summer. But one of the reasons people have, have suspected that City's form has dropped off was Pep Guardiola's contract situation. Today's big news was obviously that he signed a, a two-year extension. Were you surprised by that? What, that he signed it? Yeah. No, not really. Um, <laughs> what role would he rather go to now? I think he's probably being paid more than he's going to get anywhere else. I imagine he's probably got a, a pay increase as well. And it's still a challenge for him. You know, that he didn't win the league last season. And I think that he will be still wanting to win 
the Champions League with Man City. I was just saying, he probably will once Messi joins next summer and then <laughs> Messi and Guardiola can win the Champions League for Man City and, and everything will be, will be you know, smooth sailing for them. Like, I don't know, when I saw the news, that's immediately what I thought was going to happen. I think Guardiola is staying because I think he knows that Messi's going to come. Yeah, wow. and that might well be the case because they can still, you know, they are still one of the biggest clubs in the world and they can attract these players. And when you've got teams like Real Madrid in a fair amount of disarray, Barcelona as well, you know, Bayern Munich are uh, at the moment the best team in Europe um, and they're, they're quite happy with their manager. So there's, you know, would he go to PSG? No. Is there any clubs in the Premier League? No. So I think Man City is, is probably a good place for him at the moment. He could do with spending a good few seasons at a football club and I think that's that's his aim. He wants to win the Champions League there and, and kind of cement his legacy as a top manager. HG, anything to add on, on Guardiola's contract signing today? Um, no, I mean, I, I tend to agree with everything that Franco just said. It was, yeah, I mean, it, I think that we all thought he was going to go because he doesn't tend to send, stay too long at clubs. And I think this would be five seasons this year with Man City and you add on the extra couple and that seven is quite a long time by, by anyone's standards. But yeah, like as Franco said, where is he going to go? I mean, there aren't any probably better jobs for him. He's, he's conquered Spain. He's con- he, he could have gone back to Barcelona, but I guess that it's such a mess there when it comes to the, the directors and who's going to be in charge next year. And I mean, Ronald Koeman's obviously a very low bar, so it'd be a good place for him to go. <laughs> so he'd, he'd look really good having gone there again. But yeah, look, if Messi's not going to be there, they're having to they're having to build the team again. And, and Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know, we, we've seen that. Look, I think we've been used for the last, what, 10 years that the two of them have been really, really good, with, whether it comes to players or managers or whatever. And you're kind of seeing that both sides are having to to kind of to replenish themselves. To you know, Sergio Ramos is now 34. He's going to be leaving pretty soon. They've got a, Real Madrid have got a lot of youngsters in and around the side. They signed Jovic. They've got Rodrigo. I think he's also in, in, what, a teenager. So I don't know. But yeah, as far as Pep's concerned, if he's happy where he is and Messi's coming. Isn't that the best thing you could ask for? Well, moving on to us, uh, the players returned to training today after the international break. And I always enjoy looking at the the gallery from the the training um, pictures that they always publish just to see who's there and who's not. Franco, two missing heads today were Eric Dyer and Harry Kane. I'm assuming that's because of them playing last night? Yeah, no, I'd imagine so. Probably get an extra day. Uh, I don't think it's any any big drama, to be honest. If, I mean, how much training can you do in a day or two before a game? It's I guess they'll mm. just spend one day tomorrow talking about the tactics. They've all been training for the last two weeks with the, their respective international teams. Um, so I, I would imagine it will just be a hard sort of tactical breakdown of what he expects them to do on the weekend. And... Yeah, a bit of uh, sort of figuring out the shape and, and various things like that. So, yeah, I think one day is probably enough. It's not great. That's why I hate these international breaks. I just think it's pointless. Mm. We used to have them and it was just two pointless friendlies or one friendly in an internet and a qualifying game. And now we've got these friendly followed by two Nations League games. It's just, I don't know. I just find it a bit pointless. And um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that they both played in a game where you would have thought yesterday, you know, okay, it was the Nations League, but it's Iceland. And, and I think we could have played some of the, the lower <laughs> quality players, if that's a <laughs> bit of a harsh thing to say. But. I, I think fans of opposing teams would say that Dyer probably fits that bill. But still. <laughs> yeah, some um, of our own fans would, to be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
No, it, it, I mean you're right. There's no there's no excuse to have a friendly when you've got two competitive games, even especially when one of the competitive games became a friendly because we were both out of the competition. Mm. So, like I understand that Southgate has very few games now between now and the Euros because the next break isn't until March, and then after that it's basically the the two weeks before it all starts. But it's Iceland at home. You know, it's one it's one of those games that is tailor made. To, to use your squad players, and I'm not really sure he did. I mean, we all saw that that Foden's a really good player, and he obviously played well in that game. But there's no reason for Walker to start, or Dyer to start, or Kane to start. I mean, a number of those players didn't need to be involved, and so it's 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 frustrating. But I, I suspect it's Southgate just you know extending his middle finger to to certain clubs that he doesn't like, um, <laughs> and and that's not every single big six club. Well, it's sticking with you, HG, on that. I mean, surely the the lack of training uh, for the club affects City as well because they're a team full of internationals like we are. So I know Belgium played last night, so that that includes De Bruyne. Um, so do you think they will have just as, as little time as we do when it comes to preparing for the game? I mean, I think the good thing, and this probably applies for both teams, is that you know we we do have a, a, a I would say a set way of playing now. Like I think we all know that it's going to be a four three three. Right for us, I mean, probably for them. But talking about Spurs for a second, it's going to be a four-three-three. You can assume that the the midfield three may well be the same three that we've seen. Um, the Celso probably will be on the bench. He may be someone. I mean, a Bale's playing well. So like, it's 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 weird because we this is not a team that you know. How do I put this? We're we're not playing a weaker team at home where you might think, okay, we can be more expensive. We can try and be on the front foot. This game is really Mourinho's type of game. It's the game he loves the most. Obviously, he's got a, a history with Pep anyway. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think either side will be too worried because I think both sides will play the way that they they tend to always play. Well, one of the, sticking with you, HG. One of the the news stories coming out of Spurs this week was Doherty's positive COVID test. So that rules him out because he's obviously in self isolation. So, is it going to be a rise, Sajourier, or will Jose find a way to shoehorn Tanganga in against City like he did last season? Uh, I hope that it will be Aurier. I, I, I realise that Tanganga came in. I think what was the the Liverpool game was his debut. Came in from pretty much nowhere, but I don't think he came in from the injured part of nowhere, like, <laughs> like he like he has like he would do um, in this game. So. You'd have to go with Serge. I and mean, to be fair with to Aurier, like he's played well this year. Like you know, obviously he played in the the six one at Man United, scored a goal there. He, I think it's the, the system now probably suits him a little better than asking him to be a winger as we did in in Mourinho's old kind of you know three at the back system. So yeah, I, I'm not too upset by any means. That I think you know, it, had it been Doherty or Aurier and they'd both been fit, I would have been fine with Serge starting. So I, I'm not too concerned. Even with the fact that we can't play as expensive, because you know he likes to roam forward, Doherty's probably, although he's given away two penalties this season, are probably a bit more defensively astute than Serge, no? So I don't know if Serge really enjoys it. You know, he's he's not the type who bombs up and down. I think for, like, he may have done that for, for PSG, and I think it was Toulouse before that. He may have made a name by doing that, but he started further back. And for Spurs, most of his career, either under Pochettino or Jose, he started further up and then had to track back, which we've all noticed is not really the, the part of the game he enjoys. So if he starts deeper and moves forward, just like Reguilon does on the other side, um, I think it. I think it suits Serge more. I, I think just asking him to to start higher up the pitch and almost play like Ferran Torres does doesn't make sense for anyone. So I'm hoping that this, the, the new system um, with Hoiberg and Sissoko both there to kind of cover 
mm. um, actually suits him better. Well, Franco, we saw some great assist stats uh, from our players over the international break, which the club tweeted out. So both Lo Celso, Bale got assists, um, as did Harry, but we're kind of used to that by now. Um, could, could we see Lo Celso and Bale pushing for a starting place, or do you still think that they'll be on the bench in this game? No, I think Bale's going to start, if I'm honest. Wow. And I, um, it's questionable about Lo Celso. I think now, whether he's back to full fitness, I'm not too sure. How, did he play 90 minutes? For Argentina? No, he, he was he came on as a sub in one of the games. I'm not sure about the, the second game, though. Mm, so, I mean, I still think that he's probably making his way to fitness, and I'm pretty sure that we'll entrust uh, Don Bele in this game again. I don't imagine that the lineup will be too different from the team that plays against West Brom, if I'm honest. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be Bale, Son, and, and Don Bele with, mm. with Kane up top. I think that'll be it. Um, when we run through it all, the midfield is, is going to be Sissoko and Hoybier. And then I think it's going to be, I would imagine it'll be Regulon. So we've got uh, pace down that side because uh, Man City will be pacey with Walker and potentially Foden or. Um, Mares or I don't know who else um, and then in the middle it would be Dyer, Toby and then like we say Serge at right back him dealing with Sterling I don't really like even though Sterling's not been as good this year he's only scored a few goals and I don't think his mm. performances have been up to much it's just his trickery if he gets if he if he gets onto the edge of the box yeah, with Serge yeah. in front of him I just worry that that is how we give away penalties and, mm. and he is the sort of player that you know, Serge kind of feels like he has to put tackles in on certain players and they're always just a bit clumsy. And uh, yeah, that would be my main concern is those two. Yeah. See, see I, I'm not concerned about Sterling one yeah, bit. Yeah, but that's because you don't rate him, HG, even though he scores <laughs> like 20 goals a season. You yeah, say he's but, rubbish. Yeah, but see, when Man City play well, he scores. And when they don't, he doesn't. <laughs> so Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe when he plays well, Man City, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Because he, he would be doing it for England then. And that's just it. When he plays for England, he's largely rubbish because the England team are largely rubbish or certainly have been. So look, it's weird. When you look at the previous options that they might have had down that left, like when Sane was fit, you give me a chance of Sane or Sterling, I'd pick Sterling every time to face Tottenham. So I, I feel like they're, they're almost a bit lopsided right now, Man City, because a lot of their best players do like to play down the right-hand side. And it, and it leaves them, I think, just a lot weaker down the left because they don't have a left back who's really any good. And Sterling, okay, if he plays well, but it's, it's just a lot of tap-ins for me. So... I, I don't know. I, I genuinely think that you know our, our side is probably more balanced than theirs. Do I want to see Sterling running at Aurier? No, of course I don't. But then um, I think that we'll, we'll defend a lot deeper. And so if he does run at Aurier, then there's going to be Toby behind him. It, it's not going to be this one-on-one um, -on -one situation that we might have seen in previous years. Mm, Sissoko will be smashing him in the middle you're right well um, honorary shout out to Sonny who won Premier League Player of the Month I'm assuming it's for October but it's bloody 19th of November today but I'm guessing the international breaks delayed the presentation of the trophies or whatever but uh, HG I mean the partnership he struck up with with Harry if they stay fit all season can we say the T word yeah, no, but they're not going to stay fit all season. So we can't use that as a reason to talk about the T word. And I, I don't, again, like, I know people are saying that these next seven games are, you know, make and break. We'll see what we're, what the side is really like. I mean, that's all true. But why, why, why are we thinking about seven games? Like, we've got Man City. They're obviously a very good team. But we beat them last year somewhat luckily right because they did they, they did play really well in the first half and we were pretty lucky I think Aguero hit the post and they had a couple of really good chances that on any other day they'd have taken easily but I just I don't know like 
the, the, the T word I will start thinking about if we are in touching distance in February or March. Until then, it's just it's just one game. And, and it's a home game, so we've got to make sure at least we don't lose, right? I mean, a draw is not a bad result, but if, if we get three points, then it means that when we do go to City, whenever that is in the new year, we, we, we're not so worried as, you know, because we've already got, we've already taken three points off them. We're already going to be three points further ahead. So I, I just, I, I wish, I mean, like, granted, we're all Spurs fans, so we get what it's like to be a bit negative and to expect the worst. But, you know, we, we're a decent side. We, we, we might be very pragmatic, but we get results. And, and Mourinho's proven that at Spurs. So I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to say I'm confident, but I'm not expecting us to lose by three goals, which I think in previous years we could easily have done. But also, honorary shout out to Rachel Martin, friend of the pod, who is from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Uh, she, yeah, the club actually asked her question to Sonny today when he was presented with his trophy. So uh, well done to Rachel there. Franco, what, what are your thoughts on Sonny at the moment? Because he's been, from, I didn't think he's been that great in the last couple of games. Obviously, he started off the month of October incredibly do you think it's just the case of he'll he'll click back in uh it, i think it just depends on the games mm. and the space that he's allowed within those games True. and i think it's going to be difficult for him against man city because walker is very pacey he'll match him for pace and physicality so really it's about him finding the spaces and the gaps in between defenders and exploiting that um it's interesting where, where i think kane said this week that the difference this year is that the managers said to Lucas and to Son when they've played with him that if Kane drops, then they need to recognise that and and push further forward on you know push the line, and I think that's the difference is that if if Kane can find those passes forward through to him and he any times his runs and stuff like that, then then he's always going to be dangerous. But yeah, I think he will. He'll probably struggle a bit the weekend, and I'm saying that in the hope that he's going to score. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if if you think of the teams that Sun plays well against, Man City is up there. I mean, he scored what the yeah. the Champions League goal at home. He scored the two in the Champions League game up there. Like he scored one of the two, I think, when we beat yeah. him in February. Yeah. So it's mm. it's certainly a team that he does like to play against, and that means he likes playing against Walker, who probably just tends to leave him alone while he bombs forward. Well, so to, mm, to a degree, yeah. but you think those that the, the, the goals against Man City in that Champions League game, he was quite central, wasn't he? I think in. Both of them. Yeah, I mean, and certainly I mean, the the one, the first one that went kind of through um, Edison's legs. Yeah, he was pretty central. But the second one, Walker had no idea where he was. Yeah, true. Um, so it's just it's it's one of those things. I think that yeah, you're right in noting that Kane obviously has spent the last what four or five seasons being the focal point, but almost you know the 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 front of the attack. And whereas now he's not. He's he's doing what Firmino does at Liverpool. He's dropping deep and allowing the wingers to, to almost be the, the, the threats. And if the fullbacks are bombing forward and the centre-backs aren't comfortable in going out wide to deal with them, you, you, you find the gaps. And so far this season, we've taken advantage. So I, I just I think that one of the key battles is going to be how Diaz and Laporte deal with Kane because yeah. they're both very good centre-backs. I mean, I think they work well together. One's left-footed, one's right-footed. Man City are set for a good four or five years now at centre-half if those two stay fit. Mm. And yeah, how will they deal with Kane? Will they go with him? Will they allow him to enter the territory where Rodri will probably be? It's a question that Guardiola has to think about. But I'd like to think that yeah, as, as long as as long as we get those runs from deep from either side, that's going to be Man City's main concern. Kane being an extra twenty yards from goal 
probably helps them, if anything. Well, today's big news from the club, sadly, behind the scenes, was that we've sacked our women's coaching team of Karen Hills and Juan Amoros. Uh, great name, that, Juan Amoros. HG, you notice a bit of symmetry there with this sacking. <laughs> well, yeah, November the 19th. It's the day that, uh, that Spurs like to make some changes when it comes to managers. We all know that Pochettino got the belt, got the belt, got the bullet. <laughs> um, maybe he got a belt when he got home, who knows? But, um, yeah, he got, he got the bullet last year. And I think that this change is probably a better one since... Spurs women haven't had the greatest start to the season by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, it, it's it's a it's a weird you know twist of fate, isn't it? That it's the same day, and uh, you can imagine that Mourinho, if it's the international break next season, he'll be off somewhere, like turn his mobile phone off, <laughs> can't can't speak to Dan right now because uh, you, you never know. But uh, yeah, it's it's I think both of them have been at the club for a long time. Mm. I think like, Hills has been there for over ten years, and Amaros isn't far behind. So it's it's a massive change for for that side of the of the football club. Um, that you look at the results so far this season, they haven't won yet, which obviously isn't good. Um, they're second bottom, but I mean, thankfully, there's only one team that gets relegated, so you don't have to be great. But the team that's currently bottom has only got one point this season, and that was against Spurs. So we're obviously down there for a reason. You just hope that the the new lady that's come in, who I think was the assistant manager at England. Um, has better ideas and and can get the players playing well because we've got we we made certainly three loan signings not just Alex Morgan but a couple of other ladies that have come over from um, from from North America and you'd have expected us to get better not worse. Mm. Hmm. I'm sure she's learnt loads from footballing genius Phil Neville. So. <laughs> well, apparently she was a, a, a South London team before she went to England, um, a South London yeah. team that yeah that we don't talk about often. Oh, but um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know if she have to win people over because of that. <laughs> I certainly hope not. But uh, yeah, it's you, you just have to hope that the only way is up, considering we're second bottom. Yeah. Well, Rihanna Skinner is the new lady in charge, and all of us. Wish her the very best of luck because we all support our women's team. Because she'll need it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, best of luck to Skinner. Um, gents, let's get your predictions then. Uh, Franco, you first. What do you think the score will be against Man City? I'm going for an exciting 2-2 draw, I think. Um, it's going to be uh, difficult for us, but I think there'll be goals in it for both sides. Oh, nice. Who's scoring? Or don't care. Uh, no, I don't care, but I think it'll be sunny because he, you know, like, like HG said, he does like scoring against them and he's on good form. He'll be uh, buoyed by his Player of the Month award and I imagine like we, Kane will be dropping deep and looking for those balls over the top or into the gaps for, for Sonny to run onto. HG, how about you? Uh, it, I mean, it's one of those, it sounds weird, like every game obviously can, can go in any way, but I, I really feel like this one really could. Um, I, I do think we'll score, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, so I'm... I'm going to be positive. We are going to win, but we'll say 2-1 and, and Bale will score. Bale, get in. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite nervous about this game, if I'm honest. Um, but I think I think I'll go to all draw as well. Actually, I, I just like the sound of that. It sounds about right. Um, Sonny and... Sonny and... Cher. <laughs> <laughs> Sonny and Cher. Um, <clears throat> Sonny, and, Sonny and Kane, why not? 
just for a change. Yeah, quite. They're, they're the only two who usually ever score. <laughs> it'll be someone. It'll be someone ridiculous now, won't it? It'll be like Sissoko with a back post header. Um, Sissoko and Oibio with a bicycle kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, before we go, just time to tell you about the latest Spurs prize you can win from our partners at footballprizes.co.uk. And what Spurs fan would not want this hanging on their wall? It's a framed signed Jan Vertonghen shirt. As always, you can get a 10% discount using the promo code 10cheese. That's one zero cheese. There are 99 tickets at 4.95 a ticket. I think it's down to uh, 59 tickets already bought, so about 40 left. So, And the draw is made on Monday, so good luck. Franco, thanks for joining, mate. Yes, no worries. I'll speak to you all, cheeseheads, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Indeed. HG, thanks again, mate. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, it's almost a shame that this uh, people at Football Prizes don't, don't sell red balloons. If it's 99 every time it always comes into my head <laughs> but uh yeah that, 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 that's too many too many mentions of red um I'll, I'll have a special shout out to eric lamella because we haven't said his name once in the pod yet so uh yes. eric wh- whatever hospital bed you're in um get out of it get back fit we're we're, we're gonna need you for for trips to lask and um yeah to all all, all, all of the uh all of the cheeseheads out there we're really grateful that you listen and uh, come on, you Spurs. Exactly. Well, Jesus, do listen out for Franco and the European crew doing a review of what we hope will be a victory over Pep's Man City. That will be out Saturday night, Sunday morning. Do remember to like, subscribe, comment, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and do look out for our YouTube videos from Callers Man Cave. They are excellent. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Fuck off, Graham Scott. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Jesus, man. Constantly. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.